Welcome <laughs> back to the fucking brave podcast. Just when you thought you were free from us. <laughs> it's like a bad penny. Just keeps coming back. What are you drinking, Michaela? I'm drinking whiskey neat. Not very exciting tonight. Yeah, and I made uh, some concoction with a mango peach juice and um, rum and lime juice. Mm-hmm. This is our last night drinking for a little while. Michaela's doing an intensive training program. And so starting tomorrow, we're going dry for five weeks. I'm kind of excited about it. I'm stoked. So you'll... You know, we'll have mocktails and non-alcoholic beer. Yeah. Um, going forward. So today has been a day. I'm pooped. And we'll get into that in a second. But what do we want to talk about tonight, Michaela? Uh, I, I don't know. This was your thing you wanted to talk about. What did we say? I don't, it wasn't. I don't know. Was it on errors and judgment? No. I, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> you asked no. me and I died. That's why I was trying to ask you before. Oh. But I came up with it and I said it and now I can't remember what it was. Should I pause it? Yeah. So tonight we're going to talk about what happens when you make an error in judgment. Because that happened to me today. Do you want to give us a little bit of background? I understand that we have quite a few listeners who are not kiters, so this will be hopefully only a 60-second synopsis of my kite mirror today. We went out, the wind did funky things, I thought, I'm going to be hot shit, stay on the outside where I think the wind will stay, saw everybody's kites down on the inside and thought, oh, I'm smarter than this, (laughs) stay out here. That was error in judgment number one. Thought, okay, well, I'll get in. And couldn't because there wasn't any wind. And eventually my kite wound up in the water. It wound up on the wrong side of me because of the with the wind switched. So I decided to self-rescue. And I did <laughs> error in judgment number two. Didn't self-rescue correctly. And then that eventually caused the kite to do something really dangerous, which is called the death loop. And I had no choice but to release my kite, which means completely detach it from me and say goodbye. And this is a brand new kite and a relatively new bar. And it is the most expensive kite and the most expensive kind of bar that we own. So I just said goodbye to nearly $3,000 in gear and swam into shore. Just to add a little bit more context for those of you listening who don't really know anything about kites, um, that was a great like synopsis of I feel like what happened um, as far as like location goes. Uh, there, there we cut out of a place called Nash Beach. And in kiting, you get blown downwind, down the beach. Think like a river, like you're going down the river, right? And so we'll call it the river because I think that's easier. Down the river is another beach called Teach Beach. That's like pretty far down. 
Um, and Teach Beach is long. Like, you have a lot of room to come in. I would say maybe, like, 300 yards, like, three football field lengths at least to be able to come in. And then there's this, like, massive rock wall water plant sort of situation where, like, you can't come in. I would say that's maybe another 200 yards, another, like, two football fields. And then after that is what we call Crack Beach. Uh, and that's... I would say it's actually longer than I ever realized having been down there now. Uh, but it's maybe another like three football field lengths. Oh no, it's much longer than that. I walked the whole thing today. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so it's it's like kind of the last point that you can come in before you go into um, the port. And once you get into like the port area here in Maui, that's like gotta call the Coast Guard. Somebody's gotta come rescue you. Um. So Kimmy came in at Crack Beach today. And my kite went elsewhere. Yeah. But when I got into the beach without my kite, I felt like a fucking idiot. I felt so stupid. And then I've spent the rest of the day apologizing to Michaela. And I'm sorry that your girlfriend's an idiot and that I messed up and I made a mistake and... The kite, mind you, was picked up by the lifeguards. So everything was fine in the end. Yeah. Like, Kimmy was fine. I picked her up. I knew where to go. The gear got picked up by the lifeguards, and they didn't have to pop it. Luckily, they figured out how the valve worked. But I just felt so stupid. Like, this happens to other people, not me. I'm, I'm a better kiter than this, and I, and I'm not, really. It was just very... I felt a lot of shame. I felt a lot of fear for the gear, never for myself. But I made some pretty serious calculation errors. I used to have this postcard on my fridge that I said uh, that said something along the lines of like, um, "I made a calculated choice, but man, am I bad at math?" <laughs> that would be accurate for today. I think something, too, about sort of, like, errors in judgment and something I've learned through the mountaineering world and, and something I've talked about with, with Kimmy today is that it's never just, like, one decision that leads to sort of, like, a catastrophe. It's it's multiple decisions, and there are multiple points in which you could have chose differently. And I think that to be true about most accidents that happen is, like, it's never just like one thing that caused all of it. It's usually, you know, where, where she kind of stepped you guys through the, the process of like, oh, I could have done this and I could have done that and I could have, right. Like it's, it's multiple things that led to the overall outcome. Yeah. Right. Which I think almost makes it worse. Cause then it's like, I had many opportunities to make better choices and I, I just couldn't. So. It's really interesting. I took a class in college, probably my favorite class, and it was called Human Performance. It was a psychology class, and we spent the entire semester analyzing, uh, well, mostly plane accidents, but just accidents in general. I think we looked at some, like, nuclear accidents and things like that as well. And what was really cool about the class is it was, like, the combination of, like, humans, technology, and the environment – and when I kind of look at the situation that Kimmy had today, 
it's like human we we have faults as humans that are that are known and then the technology which would be in this case scenario her equipment has faults um that's something she didn't touch on too much is the type of gear she was using is new gear for one and and is maybe something that like she should have taken the time to learn the gear a bit better to know how to do a self-rescue but also the gear should be intuitive that's like on the designers to make the gear intuitive so that somebody who knows how to self-rescue with 90% of the kites on the market knows how to self-rescue with that gear as well. So there's a bit of fault, I think, on the technology piece there, which is, again, the gear. And then there's the environment, right? Like, you the, know... The you, wind shutting off and... Right. Like, you, you can't factor for that to necessarily happen... And just, and the environment of, like, being in the ocean and being tumbled by waves and just, you know, the environment plays a big role in that. And it's always been fascinating to me to, to think about and analyze mis- mistakes or misjudgments in a way of sort of that light of, like, okay, where's, like, the human fault, but where's also, like, the technology's fault? And where is, where does the environment come into play as well? And I'm perfectly happy for it to all just be my fault because I'm stupid. Yeah, and that's hard, you know? And I think that there is definitely some ownership to take in that. Like, you know, you and I have talked a little bit today about, like, where you could have done things differently. And and I think that, like, there isn't – there's a lot of people that would have something like that happen and be like, oh, it wasn't my fault at all. Yeah. So I think that there's – it's, you know, obviously, like, saying it's not your fault at all is also not good. But I think making it only your fault is also not fair to you. What's a time where you have made an error in judgment that puts you in a problematic situation? Doesn't necessarily have to be in the outdoors. Um, you know, it's it's funny because when I think about errors in judgments, lots of things come to mind. <laughs> um, I made a poor choice. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's everything from like going to parties I probably shouldn't have been at uh, to I don't know, speeding, right? Like I got mm. a really big speeding ticket when I was 16. I feel like there's lots of things, but actually the the one that I think would be interesting to touch on and that kind of follows this light a little bit more is um, I was leading, I was a trip leader on a on an avalanche safety course and, and my buddy John was bringing burgers for uh myself and the instructor and here I am like the leader right of this group of college students and they don't know we're getting burgers right but my my instructor knew and I remember like not having very much stuff in my pack and I had my GPS with me and a radio and I like skied down to the parking lot to pick up these burgers from my buddy John and I picked him up, no big deal, threw him in my pack. He, like, drove off. And I went to put my skins on my skis. It's these things that you attach to the bottom of your ski to be able to climb uphill. And they were covered in ice. And so they wouldn't stick to my skis. And so I, like, couldn't get back up the hill <laughs> in order to make it back to camp. So I'm, like... It's- like throw the skins in my in my jacket to try to warm them up to try to melt the ice so they'll stick to my skis. 
And then I went to radio my instructor to let him know what was going on, and my radio was dead. And so I, here I am in the middle of the woods, can't get back up to my camp, and I have no way of communicating with my with my instructor, and I have nothing with me. I didn't bring extra layers. I didn't bring any water. I just had two burgers, some french fries, a dead radio, my GPS, and some skins that weren't working. That was it. And I remember just kind of being like, holy shit, I fucked up. <laughs> you know, it's like, I have no good way of, like, it was deep snow too. It's not like snow that you can just like walk across. Like we're talking like waist deep snow. I start trying to head up the, the skin track because I knew generally where we were. <laughs> and, oh, and I don't think I had put the camp into my GPS or something. I remember not knowing exactly where I was going. I knew I could get close, but I didn't know exactly where. So here I am trying to walk uphill in waist-deep snow. I'm just punching through. With burgers. With burgers. And finally, I have the bright idea to switch the batteries from my GPS into my radio. That was that was a smart move on my part. And, uh, yeah, I managed to, like, radio Dan. Or, well, my instructor. <laughs> His name is Dan. Managed to radio my instructor, Dan. And tell him what was going on. And he's just like, you know, are you all right? I'm like, yeah. And ended up getting coordinates from him for where exactly camp was. And then managed to put the batteries back into my GPS. And at this point, I was, like, sweating. So I'd warm my skins up, threw the skins back on my skis. Like, you know. And, it, and then the whole time, I'm just, like, switching the batteries back and forth from my radio to my GPS trying to, like, talk to him and make sure I'm, like, going the right way and, like, yeah, it was... How did you feel, though? Oh, man, I felt like shit. Like, here I was as, like, the trip leader, and I was, like, lost in the woods. <laughs> with the burgers? That... With burgers, yeah. Not even a necessary part of the excursion. Yeah. It was why do bad. we? Why do we do that to ourselves? Why do we feel so stupid or feel like shit when we've made an error in judgment, particularly in both of our situations, because we were with the kite mirror today. And with that, there was, there was a relative amount of peril. Like nobody was going to die, but like, could this be deeply uncomfortable? Like could, could, could harm come from this? There is, there is potential for that. I think something <laughs> about like what happened today with you and my experience you know, on that trip and, and just kind of like, if I think about situations that sort of fall into this same category, one of the things that I can pinpoint that is really hard is like, we're supposed to know what we're doing. Yeah. Like, like there's an element of like expertise involved. Yeah. I'm the partner of a professional kiteboarder. I should be able to self-rescue my own ass. Yeah. And I hear I am like a trip leader I should know better than to. When you went to, like, go fetch burgers. Yeah. So we're not really good at giving ourselves grace when it's something that we're supposed to, quote, unquote, know something about. Yeah, and I don't, I don't, I think it's hard because I also think there's an element of, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, contemptness? Is that, like? Uh, for ourselves? Or contempt at other people who fuck up? Um, no, maybe that's not the right word. Um, the word I'm looking for is, like, 
we get sort of like lazy about complacent complacent there we go uh, so you think there's an element of complacency to this yeah like we do something so often that we like don't we don't practice the things that we the basics that we need to know in order to like stay safe or to make good judgments or and or or we don't think that we need those things like in in my situation it's not so much a practice but as much as it is like oh here i am like a trip leader whatever like i don't need to bring anything with me extra batteries or an extra layer or yeah. water right like whatever i'm just going to go run and grab some burgers quick yeah i i think the last time that i performed a self rescue was above the Lyle sandbar when we lived in hood river so that would have been summer of 2019. And we are in 2022. And it was on completely different gear. And you and I talk about it all the time that we need to do like a sick every six months. Like, like you get your car, you know, you get oil change in your car. Like you should. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely is something that you should think through more. I just, I wish... No, I don't wish. I think that it's good to feel the way that we both do about these errors in judgment because then it helps you to not make the same mistake twice. We already talked about the fact that I need to learn how to flip over a kite when I'm self-rescuing, which is something that I don't have the skill to do. You know, it's interesting. I was I came in from my session later on and you had been talking to one of our friends on the beach and I came out of the water. He said something about you and I was like, oh yeah, she had a hard day and he was like, yeah, she kind of told me what happened. And I was like, you know what? But I think it's good because I think it reminds us that, like, we need to – that that this is dangerous and that we do need to sometimes check ourselves. And and I, I think about even something as simple as, like, driving in a car. Mm-hmm. You know, like, how often do we leave, I don't know, work and go home if, I guess, you're going to work in person or, or whatever. Like, you, you drive somewhere, maybe go to a grocery store, somewhere you go a million times. And, and you like, don't even remember the drive. Yeah. Like you just like get in your car and maybe you're like texting, even though you shouldn't be, or you like zone out to a podcast like ours or whatever. And the next thing you know, you show up at your destination and, and you don't necessarily even remember the drive. Yeah. You know, it's really you know? interesting. Cause when we started this podcast and we've been thinking about this all day, well, since my nightmare happened, I have felt very much like errors in judgment are like, a character flaw. Um, they're a feature for me, in fact. My I, I when Michaela had a hard time coming up with one of her errors in judgment. I could I could list off three dozen in a row. I it happens to me so often where I make an assumption about something. But I think that that's good to have that happen, particularly like with today, because then I know how to do better. And thankfully, like, the, to, the outcome from today was fine. Were my chances of actually ending up maimed or otherwise today high? No, because it wasn't strong wind. No, you're fine. And so we might have lost some gear. That's, like, the worst outcome from today. That was that literally the happened. worst outcome was we would have lost some gear. But I was going to be fine. I'm a strong swimmer, even though I had to swim so far today. But I think that that's... I guess what I'm getting at is that I feel like when errors in judgment happen, 
they're a good chance to be like, I don't know everything, even about something that I do day in and day out. I think it's also really important that when an error in judgment happens or an accident happens, like if you if you want to go as far as to like call it an accident, that you also like move through it, analyze it, talk about it, have feelings about it, and then like continue to do the thing. Yeah. Uh, I actually I actually just thought of a good one. Um so I, I rig for concerts. I mm. sometimes work up in the rafters of arenas and it involves, you know, walking on eight inch wide steel beams a hundred feet above the ground and you use ropes to haul chains and it's a whole thing. Anyway, one of the things that we do in the job quite frequently is um, we have to make these baskets out of this like steel wire that goes around the beams to hang, you know, the lights and stuff you see for concerts. And when you when you go to put the steel basket on, you have a, a like this bolt basically that you have to put into a a the like a the D ring. No, it's not a D-ring. I can't, I'm like forgetting the name of it right now. It's like this horseshoe sort of situation though, where you put a bolt into it. And I had this time once that I was, I think I was like taking a bolt out and everything was like secure and I should have just let the, the metal, the steel rope was like starting to slide over the beam, but everything was secure. But for whatever reason, I felt the need to like catch the steel ring and I let go of the bolt to catch the steel ring and watched as a piece of steel fell 100 feet. Actually, I think it was like 70 feet towards people on the ground. And, you know, I would say like 90% of the people on the ground have helmets, but not all of them. It's really scary. Like if a steel bolt hit somebody in the head, it would kill them. And it's a really big deal. And, and you just had a split second to make a decision. And I made the wrong choice. And I will never forget. Well, a lot of times what happens when that when you drop something, you get sent down immediately. And I'll never... Because then you're shook and useless. Yeah, exactly. And they know that. It's like part of the industry. That When something like that happens, you're shook, you're useless. Like, they send you down. And I had really good mentors. I was in a very, like, safe community space when that happened. And I just remember, like, like I yelled heads. <laughs> and so, like, people knew it was me who dropped the bowl. And, like, you can't, you know, you have, it's like you got to communicate about it. And I just remember one of my bosses coming on the radio and just being like, how you doing? And I was like, I'm okay. They're like, can you keep going? And I was like, yeah. And I don't know. It was just, it was really interesting that, that they let me stay up there and, and kind of pushed me to stay up there. And on the way out, one of my like, female mentors actually walked out with me and like had a conversation. It was like, you know, we've all messed up. We've all made mistakes, but it's like really important that you come to the next rig. That yeah. you like keep rigging because some people that happens to them and they never come back again. And and while that's understandable because there's, like, the possibility you could have killed somebody at the same time, it's like you, you've got you've to gotta understand that, like, mistakes happen and, like, you have to keep doing the thing. Yeah. 
I mean, there's a reason that get back on the horse is the same. Yeah. And I've, I've done that. I've, I've, I've always been the first person except for the one time that I cracked my ribs when I got bucked off to get back on the horse. Literally, not figuratively. No, dear listeners, I did not go back out and kite today. And much to Michaela's dismay, there have been several snarky comments on my part of I am selling all the gear and I'm never kiting again. But And the first thing I told her today was that she had to go back on the water today, which she did not do. And right. I did not push her. But I will get back on the water. It's not my first kite mirror. It won't be my last. No, you'll learn how to flip a kite over and... Yeah, we'll get better. But I guess it's that, like, now I've been afforded the opportunity to, like, get better and be safe. And the same like you with the with the bolt. Like, you will never drop one again. No. <laughs> Ever. No. I guess it's that, like, when things like this happen and there is an error in judgment or whatever, like, you really have a couple... Of, uh, just a few options and I feel like the two biggest ones are like you either take that and you're like I'm never doing the thing again or you take that and you're like great how do I learn from this and how do mm-hmm. I improve from this and how do I fill in these gaps where clearly I lacked the ability to make the right decision yeah and how do you then like do better next time yeah I really think we should practice self-rescue once every six months yeah, I'm and here just for it. invite whomever wants to practice to practice. Hold a clinic. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. I would love. I know some of you reach out to us on a regular basis. You know who you are. I'd love it if you would talk to us about your errors and judgment and how you feel when they happen. And if you are able to move through them like we are, this has actually been very cathartic for me. Because now I'm coming out the other side of it. Like, okay, now I can learn something from it. Um, yeah, I would love. I would love to know what what your story is. What are those moments that you're like, uh, fucked up? You know, one of the sayings I I have for Lincoln right now is that it's it's not about the fact that you fuck up because you're gonna fuck up a lot in life. We do swear at Lincoln. This is verbatim. Yes, um, but it's about what you do after you fuck up. Like, how do you follow the fuck up? Yep. Maybe that's what we should title this one. How to follow the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Lincoln has had some solid errors in judgment lately. He is very Ted. Yeah. And he is learning that lesson through and through right now. So it's not it's not about the fact that you fuck up, but it's like what do you do after the fact? Yeah. And thankfully everyone has body parts and by some act of the goddess herself and Mother Earth gear intact. <laughs> Um, that was just the bonus. Yeah. I mean, all things considered, it really wasn't that bad, but. This is a tense hour and a half. Well, we love you guys. Keeps. <laughs> Hopefully this was helpful. Maybe it was just us rambling into the ether, but it was good for me. I got somewhere. Yeah. I think it's always good to talk about accidents. For or sure. Mistakes, decision making. If any of you who are kiters are interested in a play-by-play analysis, feel free to give us a call and we will walk you through the entire mistake train <laughs> for your own edification purposes. Anyways, hope you all have a lovely day, evening, night, whenever you listen to this. Love you all so much. 
and I really want to say, like, may the odds be ever in your favor. But oh, that's Jesus, definitely, no. That's definitely a quote from The Hunger Games, and I don't think I can say that. But I think what I'm really getting at is that, like, may your decision-making be ever in your favor. <laughs> may your fuck-ups be in light wind or of low consequence. <laughs> Fucking brave. And stay wild. <laughs> I don't know why I brain farted halfway through this, but the thing that I dropped is called a pin, and the thing that it goes into is called a shackle. So, I remembered. (laughs) Love you guys. Love you most.